This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to the On Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Joey Wagner here for another post-game win podcast for Illinois as they were more dominant than the score suggests, but another big win, Big Ten West win for Illinois as they crush Minnesota for most part, 26-14. to 14. And Joey, we'll talk about in this podcast about what this means for Illinois moving forward. Tommy DeVito's huge performance is Chase Brown, a true Heisman contender. And how is this defense doing what it's doing right now? So many things to break down from a fun win. We'd love to interact with you guys. We'll take some of your questions later on in the podcast. So if you're on our YouTube channel with this live post-game podcast, put in your comments. We'll react to those a little bit later on. If you've got any questions, we can do that. But before we get into the, the big picture here, Joey, I do want to break down just a little bit about this game statistically. Uh, Illinois outgained Minnesota 472 to 180. Minnesota was 6 of 18 throwing uh, for 38 yards, three interceptions for the Illinois defense. Uh, so this, is, this wasn't even that close. Minnesota had two drives of 20-plus yards. Illinois had six drives of 68-plus yards. We've talked about how Illinois has, for the most part, dominated most of its games. This continues. I'm going to look up the numbers on the season here, but the yards gained is just dominance by Illinois. So Illinois had to settle for too many field goals. they got to correct some red zone issues. That's the only issue right now because offensively with Tommy DeVito and Chase Brown, they're clicking, and then defensively, this is the best defense I've covered at Illinois. You buried the lead. Chase Brown, 44 touches. Minnesota, 42 offensive plays. That's unbelievable. It really is. I mean, that is such a striking number. Chase Brown, by the way, will do nothing for a week yes. uh, except for hang out. But, yeah, I mean, Jeremy, this is – I know I say this every post-game pod. We sat in this booth after the Chattanooga game said if they can go one and two, you call that. And the, the expectations have been recalibrated through the roof, and it's because they have a quarterback who's legitimately pretty good. Mm-hmm. And they have a running back who's – we'll get to it, maybe a dark horse Heisman candidate, definitely in the Doak Walker conversation. They have a defense that is – it's getting more love nationally, and it still feels like, man, maybe people should probably pay more attention to this. It's this, They've got it kind of all going, and even special teams, which early on you're like, I don't know, and I know the, the long return today. That's coming along. Like This is this team's playing really, really good football. Well, let's talk about it. These last three weeks, it's too early to say it now, but if you want a headline, if we look back and Illinois beats Purdue in a couple weeks and takes care of Nebraska, Joey – 
this is how the West was won. Three straight weeks of back-to-back where you dominate Wisconsin. You find a way to win with against Iowa despite turning it over, despite losing your quarterback, and then you dominate Minnesota. I mean, we could talk about that one kickoff was really the only reason Minnesota was in this game, and no one has got to fix that on special teams. But well, I guess you could say some of the red, like the deep yeah. red zone issues are kind of let this – you put touchdowns in those situations, the kickoff ultimately doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, this should have been 35-7, but it wasn't. I mean, Minnesota found a way to execute on special teams, and Illinois did not execute once it got down inside the 15. But th- this is three straight games where we didn't think they were capable of winning three straight games. And, and the team can say it, and I asked some of these guys – you know, you can say you expect to win, but to actually win these three games the way they have, it's really impressive. And they are the Big Ten West favorites right now because Purdue does not have wins over Iowa and Wisconsin. They got one over Minnesota. Illinois got wins over all three of those teams who were the top three teams in the Big Ten media poll before the season. I think they were my three top teams uh, in my ballot as well. So to do that and set yourself up, Joey, for the last five weeks – where you got Nebraska, Northwestern, Purdue left in the Big Ten West. You could lose to Michigan State and Michigan. I don't think you're losing to Michigan State. But you could lose all your East games and still win the Big Ten West because the head-to-heads are monstrous. And to, and to beat Minnesota today, instead of being behind Minnesota, you basically have a two-and-a-half game lead, three-game lead because of the tiebreaker. Um, Minnesota might be out of the Big Ten West race now. They got to win over Wisconsin. They got to win over Iowa. So even if those teams make runs, you're setting up for that Purdue game, basically being a Big Ten championship semifinal. That's crazy. Like we're, yeah. also, we were just talking down there before we got up here. October 29th is Illinois' next game. Football's still going to matter. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Well, it's interesting because Joy, they clinched a bowl today, and we're not even talking about that to start. <laughs> And they weren't. Like, remember, Lovey comes in with the bowling ball at Michigan State. It was a great scene. It was scene. later in the season, yes, to be fair, at that point. But it was a great yeah. scene. It meant so much for what they'd been through to win four straight games, to win two games the way they did. That was, like, the seminal moment of the season, yeah. though. Like, this is just a, a stepping stone. Like, and to, to have that, we were talking about win one of the next three when, once they got done with Chattanooga. It was to set up a bowl game. Like, now, because of what they're doing on the field – that's a secondary story. It's like, how good of a bowl game can you get to? And most importantly, can you play another game, extra game, before you get to the bowl game by playing in Indianapolis for the Big Ten Championship? It is. It's good. Can I read off some stats real quick yeah. of the season? Illinois total yards gained, 2,910. Total yards allowed, 1,548. I knew it would be ridiculous. 20 yeah. touchdowns for the Illinois offense. Opponents have five touchdowns five touchdowns that's that's unbelievable and that includes two today one that you got to give credit to minnesota great drive the second one was basically a special teams touchdown 128 total points scored for illinois 62 points allowed i mean that's unbelievable 158 first downs to 86 this is they've given up 545 rushing yards on the year Mm -hmm. on the year they've got by the way 1,392. It's just, it's, it's really remarkable to step back. And there's probably a little more time now going into an open week and, and time to, to digest a little bit of it. But it's really, and it, maybe it's hard because we see it every game. It's like react to what you see. But if you step back, the score hasn't always been dominating. Yeah, yeah. But the, the deeper, not even deeper stats, just the stats have been much more dominating than the score. And again, I, I would imagine red zone, we'll talk to Barry Loney, yes. I think, this week. Yeah, red zone offense will probably be, a focal point of the bye week, open week, as Bob Osmondson's a couple mm-hmm. rooms away, probably not happy here in bye week. 
But man, the, the just the stats have really been skewed so far in Illinois' favor. Tommy DeVito, again, showing his worth. They don't win this game, probably, even with what their defense was doing, even what Chase Brown is doing, because I don't know if you can score two touchdowns if you didn't have Tommy DeVito in this game. This is the best quarterback season I've seen since Nathan Schiaus was here. But to come back, Joey, from that ankle injury, 25 of 32, 252 yards, a touchdown, no interceptions, has the rushing touchdown on a great play fake, makes some plays with his legs, prolongs some plays. I thought the offensive line was fantastic for the most part today, especially uh, protecting Tommy DeVito. But five or four receivers had 50-plus yards today. That includes Chase Brown with the, with the big wheel route touchdown. I thought Barry Lunny was really good today. Even in the red zone, I thought there were some play calls that were there that weren't executed. But Tommy DeVito, we were all wondering, is he going to play this week? Brett Bielma said his wife Jen was even asking him, texting him every day. I'd like to know if that's true, but if it is, that's funny. Um, but – you know, we didn't know exactly if he'd play. We knew he'd practiced this week. Apparently for Illinois by Tuesday, it was a done deal. Tommy DeVito was going to play. Uh, so maybe the injury wasn't too serious, obviously. And, and you talked with Tommy. He said there was no way he wasn't playing in this game. But, but to have him in this game, you're seeing just how much, how important he means to this team. He's changed this season. Well, according to Tommy DeVito, he knew he was going to play on Saturday. Uh, he told us, as a quick story, he was in the tent for about 20 minutes. They were cutting tape, retaping. He would... He said, and I don't care, Jimmy, you're giving me that to me. He said, I, I said, were you pissed? He said, yeah. He wanted to go back in that game. Obviously, it made more sense, <laughs> big picture, not to. So he goes and gets in hot tubs and cold tubs during the Iowa game, watching it on the TV, screaming from inside the Smith Center. He was ready. So the walking boot's like, I don't even know what it does. I'm just hoping people don't kick me on accident. Yeah. I don't know where you go if you're Tommy DeVito. You're <laughs> just at risk of getting kicked in the leg. But his different, I mean, I, I think you and I aren't betters, but we had heard just from people who pay attention to those things, when it was announced that he was playing, that spread started moving. And that's just a – that's not on accident, right? Like, this guy brings so much value and and just composure and swagger. I mean, he – just watching him – I've said it before, but just watching him, the sidearm pass. He said his favorite quarterback's Aaron Rodgers. Like, he carries himself. Like, I don't think he thinks there's anything he can't do out there. Like, he's smart about it, but I think that he just knows, like – I the offense, he's, he can do what he wants. And you just see the difference of him and Art. Just everything's so quick. Reading is quick, getting rid of the ball. He's got the quickest release maybe in the Big Ten. I haven't watched enough of Ohio State recently, but, like, he's playing like an all-Big Ten caliber quarterback. I mean, after C.J. Stroud, we're getting into the conversation of, you know, is one of the Michigan guys ahead of him is, you know, like or the, we can talk about so many different awards, but Tommy is playing his way into that conversation, especially looking across – Tanner Morgan was a pretty good candidate. We'll talk about the defense and what they did today. Tommy might have passed him up. Um, I thought before we get to Chase Brown and what he's doing, what a bounce-back performance by Isaiah Williams. Uh, I don't know by the end of the game how many first downs he had. I think it was four or five. But nine catches for 62 yards. That's not a lot of yards per, per catch. But I just thought he bouncing back uh, four first downs, I thought that was a, a big performance to see him. And, and he gets to show his value again today, right, just of making some of those quick slants. I thought they used him more in the vertical game, like getting downfield rather than just the screen passes. So a nice performance from him. Pat Bryant. He attacks the ball. That's what I love about Pat Brown. He comes back, attacks the ball with his hands. Brian Hightower continues to move the chains. Uh, and then Chase Brown gets involved uh, in the passing game. So overall, just a great performance um, by the passing offense, really 20 to 20. you got to execute more, obviously, when you get to the red zone. You do. It just seems like in the receiver room, every guy just kind of does something different. Like that's so. I, I roll my eyes when they say that to us because I'm like, okay, whatever. But they really do. Like 
Brian Hightower, Casey Washington are your go first down guys. Just go get a first down. Pat Bryant, he, he stretches it, he attacks the ball. And Isaiah Williams is just – you just kind of wait for him to, to break one. He didn't really break one, break one today as long as 15. Uh, there are times you could argue that some of the receivers should cut up field a little yeah. bit more. They're playing a little horizontally. But they just they kind of have it all uh, – everything covered. You would probably like another deep set. Like you can get into the – you know, dive in a little bit more of what you want. But Tommy DeVito knows what they can do, and they know that he's going to get it to them. And I think they all trust the heck out of Barry Lonnie. As yeah, you said, my, my favorite stat from the game was the 44 touches for Chase Brown, which you don't want to do. But when he's playing like this, Joey, why wouldn't you? But he had more touches than the Minnesota had plays. 41 carries for 180 yards. And he just kept getting those five-yard gains, five-yard gains. His long today was 17, but he just kept finding the, that space. And I think a lot of it has to do with his patience, man. He's had he's such more a patient runner, letting his blocks develop. And then had that one huge chunk play, the touchdown to open up the game, was just a tone setter of like, hey, we're back. Illinois is, is, is the Big Ten West favorite here. Of course, Minnesota responded a couple times. But um, just what more can you say about Chase Brown? He's not going to win the Heisman. Because C.J. Stroud probably is that guy. Hendon Hooker doing what he's doing with Tennessee, you know, blitzing Alabama right now, and we'll see if that holds on. It's going to be hard to do that, especially when you don't have the touches or the touchdowns for Chase. He had one today. Blake Corum is, is tearing it up with touchdowns with Michigan. Uh, you got some other guys at running back who are, who are playing really well. But Doak Walker Award, he is surpassing right now. Kenneth Walker's pace with Michigan State last year. And Illinois and Michigan State are similar stories led by similar great backstory that, that make big plays. You'd like to get him some more touchdowns in the red zone to help that, but sure, he's a guy that's got to get Heisman consideration now, and I know CBS just had a graphic during the Tennessee-Alabama game where they're talking about Chase Brown, so to have that publicity about your program, have that publicity about a special player, man, who's got eight straight 100-yard games, just the third guy to run for 1,000 yards twice in an Illinois career, He's now sixth all-time at Illinois in rushing. He's got a great chance to be number two and set the single-season rushing record really pretty easily because Illinois might have seven more games. Um, so it's 1,697 yards. Um, you know, he's almost 600 yards away from that. So he's, he's, if he stays healthy, he's going to break it. Yeah, he's starting to get more attention too. And it helps with team success, right? I mean, Kenneth Walker, remember, it was he had a big game. Was it Michigan last year? And then that's when it started to get yeah. really loud, and you're seeing that. And I think – I wanted to bring this up earlier and I'd forgotten. I think today was kind of the day that Illinois will stop. Like, Illinois has been this fun, like, well, look at them go. Oh, boy, this is – look at them start to put this together and play good ball. And, boy, wouldn't that be crazy if they made it to the Indy? Like, like it was always kind of that fun. But, yeah, but I think that conversation should probably fizzle during the bye week. And with that would be those awards for Chase Brown. So, yeah. Doak Walker seems – like, a lot of it comes with team success and team perception. And I think that's starting to – Yeah. If it's not starting to, it probably should because I think that they've established themselves as a real team and not just a fun <clears throat> upstart group in Champaign. I think nationally there's still that. And I think that's okay. I think it's okay to be the upstart national guy now that you're 6-1 and one and going to probably be in the top 20. I still think they are that story. I think in the Big Ten, though, especially in the Big Ten West here locally, I think everyone's noticed that this team should be the Big Ten West favorite. You know, Purdue deserves to be in that conversation, too, uh, with some of their wins. But like we just talked about, the dominance of their defense, having one of the better quarterbacks in the Big Ten, weird to say, with Illinois. Uh, running <laughs> well, this back. is weird to say, Jeremy. <laughs> uh, the running back that they have, the defensive front that they have, the secondary, we'll get to them. We're going to give them their due here coming up. The secondary they have. 
Like, they, they aren't in the Big Ten. I think nationally there's still that story. And that's okay because you're going to start getting pub sure. for that. So, like, Chase Brown's going to be talked about. Ryan Walter's going to be talked about. Brett Bielma is going to be on college game day with a short little mic'd up segment. And they're going to announce that Tommy DeVito is the starting quarterback Let, on college game day. Like, you're going to start getting that stuff. Let's call that what it is. That segment felt like the vehicle just for them to break the Tommy DeVito news, which is fine. You want they, the DeVito news, give us a little mic'd up segment. Yeah. And they got that, and then Brett Bielema was talked about on college game day. And so it's kind of a, a give and take. But, yeah, that, that mic'd up segment was just Brett Bielema. Hey, how you doing this morning? Good, good, yeah. keep it up. Hey, by the way, uh, we thought we'd tell you. That's what it was. But that's fine because that hasn't been – what Illinois football has been about for the better part of the last 10 years. Uh, I want to do one more offensive note before, uh, maybe two, before we get to the defense. Fourth downs, Illinois three for three today, all in the first half, all led to points. Nine for 15 this season on fourth down. I think they had six fourth down chances last year, something like that. Um, Brett Bielma trusts his offensive coordinator, and they don't trust their kicker to go longer than 40 yards. But you get Fabrizio Pinton, i got to get that right, Fabrizio Pinton, Inside 35 yards, he's making it seven for seven the last uh, two weeks. You want to turn those into touchdowns, but Fabrizio, man, easy breezy. Jeremy. I liked it. You're embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> the last one, where he really bent it around the upright. That was usually yes. we're up in the press box, but he saw it down there. He's real. I mean, Satan the obvious, but he's been pretty freaking important these two weeks for a special teams that, let's be honest, when people were frustrated with Caleb Griffin, you and I sat here and said, Who's your option here? Yeah. And this guy. We, we saw Pinton during camp. Right. Okay. Like, so that's the one thing we saw were kickers during camp. <laughs> and it wasn't pretty. Caleb Griffin was by far the best that we saw. Yeah. And we had clearly missed something with Pinton because he's. It, like, if you would have told me in the Virginia game, like, hey, Caleb Griffin's going to miss two games, I would have said, oh, that's a d- disaster. I think kickoffs still leave a little bit to be desired, but field goal wise, this guy's got 21 points in two games here. And Sorry, he, I shorted Ono. They're four or four on third down or fourth down. I must have missed one. Yeah, and uh, they've had a pretty good success rate here all season. And I think a lot of that, Brett Bielema kind of mentioned on Monday, did you catch that? He said, you got to – he said he did take a shot at yes, reporter. Sir. He said, you guys would write stuff without asking me. But he, he really kind of backed up the trust he has in Barry Lunny and his offense and his personnel to go get that done. And it – it read a lot to me like that trust did not yeah. exist a year ago. Yeah, he can take a shot. Like We asked him about the fourth downs. I didn't mind last year Maryland, so I didn't really ask him much about it. I think we asked him at one point, but I didn't have a huge problem with that because you were up seven uh, with under five minutes left the way your defense was playing. Purdue, I had a problem, so I asked him like three straight questions about it. So I didn't – I asked him that. I think he knows that, but he can say what he wants. Uh, easy uh, to rip on us, and I understand. Point that. being, he trusts his offense a lot yes. more now than a year ago. <laughs> Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. 
With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay. What more can we say about this defense? Uh, Mo Ibrahim's really good. He's really good. I thought John Michael Schmitz, their, their center, had some really good blocks early. Uh, but Muhammad Ibrahim isn't the like, fastest guy, and I think you saw that with, with Quan Martin catching him. But I, he's so quick with his cuts, and he's so tough to bring down, and he's patient with, his, patient with his runs. So finally, a running back has a good day against Illinois, but it was mostly in the first half. What did he run for? 30 yards, I think, in the, in the second half of this game. But when they made Minnesota throw, Tanner Morgan, before he left the game with a serious, it seemed like, head injury, uh, they said he went to the, the hospital after the game, um, they messed with him. Uh, they, they absolutely dominated. I didn't like Minnesota's receivers coming into this game. Minnesota's receivers had two catches for six yards. Brevin Spanford, the tight end, was the only guy making plays in that passing game. And Tanner Morgan looked awful. I mean, he just did not look comfortable all day. They barely threw at Devin Witherspoon. And each one of your – Taz Nicholson had a couple pass breakups. take off one of the receivers. That was – the other catch was Mo, Mo Ibrahim. So they had one. Oh, one catch for four yards for the receivers, yes. Pretty impressive day for the Illini uh, defensive backs. All the safeties had an interception. Quan Martin and Sidney Brown late. And Kendall Smith, I think he's been fortunate with some of his interceptions. He went and got that one. One-handed, stole it from the Minnesota wide receiver. A big play uh, to stop Minnesota's opening drive. Again, Minnesota just two drives of 20-plus yards in this game. This is the best pass defense right now in the country. Uh, By any metric, basically, right now, especially pass efficiency defense. But they're getting takeaways. Uh, and they didn't get after Morgan as much uh, sacks-wise, but 6 of 18 Minnesota was, and Ethan, uh, the backup quarterback, 2 of 4, minus 6 yards, 2 interceptions. Was that it? No, 2 of 6, 2 interceptions, 17 yards. Those interceptions, those were Quan and Sidney, and those were pretty nice interceptions. And, yeah, this past defense, and we say that, like, we're not just talking about the defensive backs either. Like, those guys were really good. But I think this tone up front continues to be set, and it all just plays. And, man, we, we I know we've talked about it a lot, but Ryan Walters' trust to run man yeah. back there and just let – like Tanner Morgan threw off his back foot a few times today, and it was not pretty, the first of which was the interception by Kendall Smith. And that's – like it all plays together, but they're, that – that pass defense is, I mean, it starts up there, and those guys in the back are taking care of what they need to. Taz Nicholson, yeah, what a game, man. He is playing really good football right yeah, now. Yeah, had a couple pass interferences. Some of them questionable, whatever it was, but still, I thought he had two big plays on a, on a drive where they were inside Illinois territory. But you're right, like, the ability to play man-on-man like they do and to do it well like they do and to have Kendall Smith kind of patrolling everything – it allows them to get so aggressive with their pass rush. And we saw it. I can't wait to see how many pressures they had in, what, 20-something pass plays because they were getting pressure on him. They were hitting Tanner Morgan hard. So even if they only had two sacks, Gabe Backus and Johnny Newton, uh, they were putting pressure on him all day. And, and Gabe Backus, he's going to be a freshman All-American. I mean, there's not really many pass rushers that are true freshmen, 
playing any better than him. And we talked to him after the game, Joey, and he was a guy that took an official visit this time last year. He was picking between Illinois and Tennessee. Good options, apparently, because Tennessee is going to be a top five team probably. Illinois is going to be a top 20 team. He saw something in this program, and, uh, man, he's making a, a big impact on it. So, so to have him and Seth Coleman playing the way they're playing on top of that defensive line of Johnny Keith Randolph and Calvin Avery, it's the best defensive front in the Big Ten, man. It's really, really good. And he, I, I, we both saw Gabe coming in. You're like, oh, that's a big gentleman. And what's it look like? We, I mean, I don't, we don't think we expected this, right, Th- this kind of impact. Can we just have some fun and talk about the, what the dirty dancing? Yeah, sure. Kevin Kane lifts Big Gabe Ackes up like in Dirty Dancing. Yeah. That's the trust tree. That's the ultimate trust fall right there yeah. is that. And he goes, it's kind of a, it's kind of a joke. He's like, I trust that guy so much. And that guy's helping him play football really, really well. And you're right. He, he's going to be in that conversation. But, dude, that front, the, I think you said it weeks ago, this is the best front you've seen here in a long time. And it's good. And on the other side of that, probably going to have some replacements to make next year, but you've got a really good pitch to do it. That's a good problem to have. That's something uh, Illinois hasn't had a problem with that because they haven't had quite that talent uh, up front. So that's another podcast for another day. But now, Joey, they get a much-deserved off week. I mean, this has been physical games, right? Illinois has been doling out most of that, but after these three Big Ten games, you get an off week. Chase Brown said he's going to be in the cold tub a lot during this week, cold tub, hot tub, all of that stuff. It sounds like all of these guys are going to get a nice break this week. Brett Bielman and his staff are going to hit the road recruiting for a big push, and, and what a time to be able to get out on the road and recruit off of these three wins. But much needed off week, and then you get a chance to reset. Go to Nebraska. If you take care of business there, Joey, I think you need three more games uh, to win the Big Ten West, uh, three more wins. You have Nebraska, you have Northwestern. I don't think it's easy to, to win in Lincoln, but you're a better football team. Michigan State is awful. And Purdue, I, I think that Purdue game is, is going to be basically a Big Ten West semifinal game. And Illinois has put itself in that position. And to have the off week leading into that five-game stretch, I think they couldn't, couldn't have been timed better. No, it couldn't. And someone said, they asked Tommy, is it what, you know, going to get some treatment on your ankle this week? Yeah, obviously. What do you think Chase Brown's going to do? And he said, probably be right in the training room with me. <laughs> Chase Brown, sit on a couch for five days, yep. maybe get in a hot tub, cold tub, do whatever. Don't move. <laughs> Can they get like a like a car to pick him up? You don't want him walking any further than he has to, but it is a perfectly timed bye week. And, and Brett Bielema, to his credit, we, it's not just him who said this. Coaches have said this. Players have said this. He's really built the schedule in a way to maximize all of this time with – I mean – in the sense of like how he how he planned the year, it's been kind of with these bye weeks in mind and what it looks like. And I think he said like Tuesday was kind of a lighter day yep. for the guys this week. But yeah, but it can't happen at a better time. And then you come in and you're right, like that's a sneaky tough game in Lincoln to go in there and win. But it's a different time, Jeremy. That's right. I wouldn't have said that uh, a couple of years ago. It's, it's crazy. Uh, and another key for Chase Brown. Josh McCray should be back uh, against Nebraska. I, I think if they wanted to push it, they could have played him today. I think the plan all along, Joey, has been get him through the two off weeks and then we can bring him back. And, and that's, a, that's a piece they could really use because if you are going to nitpick one concern about this team, if you're going to try to beat Michigan, if you're going to try and beat Purdue, you're going to try and beat uh, Ohio State and Indianapolis, is you got to take – you got to take advantage of what you get in the red zone. you got to be able to score inside the 10. 
Josh McCray certainly would help with that. He would, especially in the red zone. So here we are talking about this offense, and we've read the numbers. They're, they're pretty, pretty impressive. And Josh McCray's had one half of football. It feels like you've left a lot on the field offensively, and they're still putting up phenomenal numbers, still scoring 20-something points a game for the most part outside of Iowa. That's what's exciting about this team. Even Tommy DeVito said, we have another gear we can get to. Yeah, he said, he's like, we're nowhere close. Trust me, we're trying to get there. And nowhere close. This is like the ceiling a year ago. So it's, it's really impressive what they've been able to do. And now, and I know we talked about this before, Brett Bielema goes out on the recruiting trail with a lot of really, really good pitches. There's some junior college offensive linemen here on official visits today. Yeah. I think you've got a good sell to defensive linemen. I don't know, Ryan Walters might be like sign guy meme outside of Kankakee <laughs> High School with like this free safety stats. Here's the stat. Nine interceptions from that free safety spot over the last 17 games. Kendall has four of them in seven games. Kirby had five of them uh, in ten games last year. So Jair Hill, yeah, that's, the, that's what you want to sell. Pat Bryant. Look at his numbers. Hey, Malik Elsey, how you doing? Like, we can throw the ball here. Now Now he's got to go get another quarterback, of course, with Tommy DeVito. But that cell is so – think about what yeah. that cell was. I remember being at the State Farm Center when they're like, who, who do we have here? And we, we had – you had figured out it was Tommy DeVito. And it felt – even, like, at that point, that must have been in December. It had to have been. And we're like, God, they're going to get a quarterback early. Not really By the way, that around. weekend, just a fun fact, Tommy DeVito, Isaiah Adams there on the same week. That turned out pretty well, pretty big weekend for them. But at that point, I remember thinking, like, wow, they're, really, they're not wasting any time in the portal. They didn't wait to see who else was available. And Tommy DeVito, from that point, has helped them, and Barry Lunny, and this whole offense has helped them with a really, really – I don't know, a much more a significantly, probably not even the same game, more of an attractive pitch to quarterbacks in the portal than it was a year ago. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think you look at, you know, what Michigan State did offensively last year, and they are able to sell that in the portal. It's not working out very well for them. But, you know, Peyton Thorne had a huge year last year. If they were recruiting after that, selling it to a quarterback, uh, I think that would have been really appealing. And I think Illinois – Kind of has that same thing defensively, all of that. Yeah, they had a couple of Juco offensive linemen. That Juco offensive line cell is really good right now. So, you know, Desmond Schuster, they're the only offer for him, obviously sitting in a good spot for him. But Keyshawn Blackstock has gotten huge offers over the last couple of weeks. One of the top Juco offensive linemen in the country, his first official visit is to Illinois because of what Bielema uh, can do with offensive linemen, what they've done with Isaiah Adams and, and Zy Chrysler. Um, so, you know, guys got offers from the SEC, Penn State, all of this, Michigan State. First place he wants to come is to Illinois. So th this sell right now, you got to strike while the iron is hot. I don't think it's going to cool off in the final five games, but certainly this is a great time for Illinois to go out in the trail and recruit. Yeah, that's not just like speculative. He told you as much. Like, why yeah. are you here the first time, Brett Bielema? Yeah. It's a good sell. And, again, we knew the offensive line sell was going to be good with Brett Bielema and Bart Miller, but the JUCO – like, that is a market they're not running from. And, in fact, they're actively embracing it. And it's paid off pretty big uh, with Zy Chrysler, Isaiah Adams, and, and they're not done on that front. Uh, by the way, Hank Beatty catching punts today. He caught him. Only returned one for zero yards, but nice little, nice little day for the freshman just catching those uh, punt returns. I thought it was smart not to put Isaiah back there today. Yeah, it was. And I think the whole aggressive thing, we're starting to see that come back a little bit because that aggression can – can get in the way uh, at times. And I, and I just think that the rest of your team is playing so well. Yes. Just take that thing at the 25 on kickoffs. And at punts, just don't hurt me. 
<laughs> just wave it and go. Because I, I'm, I'm all for Sean Snyder, if you're in the NFL, return punts because the Gunners can't go until the punt is kicked. Uh, and in college, you can run as soon as, as the ball is snapped, and it's just really hard to return. All right, let's get some of your questions, some of your comments. You can type those in, and then we'll wrap up. Um, let's see, Jeremy said, we're going to get these live casts during men's basketball season as well. That is the plan. When is that? I have no <laughs> idea when. Can we say, like, I saw the basketball count tweeted out like 15 days. This was earlier this week. Yeah, until the, the uh, exhibition. Yeah. That was like a foreign language to me. I, I'm just Don't wait, they know we have a football season to I'm cover? I'm waiting to get the, the text from Warner, hey, I'll see you at Michigan. Uh, if, if, if Illinois football pulls Jeremy Warner away from Las Vegas, it's back. I, I think I trust you to cover that big game, Joey. Uh, let's see. Uh, I booked my hotel in Indy just in case. I don't think that's terrible. Um, if you win Purdue, book them. Uh, because I, I think you should have – you should have two more wins. I think you're just better in Nebraska. I think you're better than Michigan State. I just don't see those teams stopping Chase Brown, and I just don't see your defense giving up 20-plus points at this point to teams like that. Uh, Joseph, as a reporter, how fun is this? It's been such a long time. I will tell you this. Like, we, are, we try to be as objective as possible, right? But to go into a post-game press conference and ask Alex Pelczewski questions about winning rather than for the – 10th time or 10th time out of 12 games ask them why they lost this game this game like that's fun like that's it's fun for you guys um obviously it's fun to interact with people who are happy um and, and writing positive stories is fun now if we have to cover the negative stuff we've obviously done that for years but this is a nice change of pace joey to, to cover a program that is having such a fantastic season is in the conversation for big things uh, and people want to read us, right? People want to subscribe to us. Like selfishly, that's a lot of fun or people want to have us on radio shows or TV shows. It's a lot cooler to be involved in that rather than writing things that you have to be critical about people not liking what you're writing when you have to be critical, but that's our job. Yeah. This is certainly um, better than the alternative. Yeah. It's a breath of fresh air. Like my first year was 2018. It's like, well, here comes poor Nick Allegretti again, and yeah. he's going to have to explain why this team got blown out. And I know someone at Alex Palczewski had told someone at Illinois, like in the past, you'd only sent me out there after losses. And that guy had to answer a lot of those questions. And I'll say like right now there's 280 people in here. Yeah. If this was 2018 or that first stretch of 2019, 50, yeah. 75. And the comments are a lot more, a lot more angry and understandably. Yeah. So it's just, it, it's a, breath of fresh air to not have to go in there and a lot of the time when they're losing like that it's the same story and then they win you get more players post game you know it's not just the captains come out and explain it's just from a business thing it just makes this a lot easier these are these are fun nitpicky things like these are complaints that people have of winning teams. The red zone, it's, it's a clear co compliment, uh, and people brought that up. Uh, hopefully, Caleb Griffin is back for Nebraska. I can't stand these kickoffs anymore. Kickoffs. Uh, Joseph said, like, people are complaining about kickoffs. Like, like, that's like, Kickoffs? Is Herm Edwards on Cameo? Here, can we get him to – Instead of playoffs, kickoffs. Oh, it's not Herm Who is that? Why am I drawing a blank on the name here? Oh, Someone Jim Mora. Yeah, Jim Mora. is he on Cameo? Someone find him on Cameo. <laughs> Uh, not the same old Illinois guys. No, certainly uh, is not. Uh, the fourth down play calling and efficiency is unreal. How much time do they spend practicing fourth down plays? That's a, that's a that's good, good question, question. Yeah. Uh, for Barry Lunny. But, man, I think it also takes – got to trust your quarterback. I mean, obviously, Bar Brett's got to trust Barry Lunny. But, man, like, there's some big grabs there. Like, Pat Bryant, catch. Isaiah Williams, catch. But you got to trust your quarterback to make those plays, make good reads. 
Tom Vito's dealing. He is. You skipped over one. Someone's having fun in Pekin and Tremont. Anytime I can shout out Corey's in Pekin and Purdue's in Tremont to have a good time, go for it. That sounds fun. Uh, Tommy DeVito is the best quarterback since Kittner. I mean, this season certainly is going to be one of the most special because uh, Nathan Shilovs didn't play for teams that were this good. I, I thought Nathan Shilovs was really good. His year with Cubit, he was a phenomenal passer. Certainly his first year as a redshirt freshman, the way he was able to run the ball. But, yeah, I mean, that's Tommy DeVito has put himself in that company, which I guess kudos to Dino Babers. The way Schrader's been playing, the way DeVito's been playing, they had two pretty good quarterbacks. I don't know how they didn't win more games last year. What odds are you giving the Illini to win the West? Uh, I think they should be favored against Purdue. I just think they're a more complete team. So what, like 67%, I, I, I would say at this point? Like, if you take care of business against Nebraska and Michigan State, I think you're sitting pretty good. But that Purdue game, I, I, whoever wins that game uh, is in the driver's seat, obviously. Yeah, I still feel like you said 67. And my, like, my in my mind, I'm like, oh, my God. What, but, like, that's that's fair. It's not what it used yeah. to be. and Because just... you still have Michigan, and Michigan is really good. Illinois will probably be at the big house. They could be a top 15 team going to the big house. And I think they'll probably be 13-point underdogs or, or something like that. And I don't think that's unfair. Michigan's really talented, really good team. And, man, they've run away from teams in the second half here recently. So that's an impressive win for them against Penn State. But outside of that, Illinois should be favored uh, in, in all their remaining games here. Yeah. And we, had, we I think we kind of wondered, was it Wisconsin? You and I wondered what games they wouldn't yeah. be favored. And I don't – they were not favored this week, obviously. And, and you understand why. That's not – I don't think that's unreasonable. I think it was DeVito, but like, I still thought they had a chance to win with Art, and I think they would have had a chance. Once DeVito was playing, I was like, no, Illinois, they should win this game. Yeah, so I think Michigan's the only game that you would say definitively that they're not going to be favored. And here's why I like the way it sets up for Illinois. They still have Nebraska, Michigan State, and uh, Northwestern. Those are three of the four, five worst teams in the Big Ten. Purdue still has Wisconsin, uh, and uh, they got Wisconsin – uh, Indiana should be a win for them. Northwestern should be a win for them. But they still got Wisconsin and Iowa. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's, those are tough games for Purdue. I still think Wisconsin and Iowa are going to have a say in this because they're going to probably play spoiler. And Purdue still got both of them. Illinois, again, went through the top three teams projected in the Big Ten West in a matter of 15 days. That's pretty impressive. Uh, and Okay, we, we got to own up. Like we said, when will the Chase Brown rushing streak? That's the last thing I have to say about Chase Brown for the time being. Like when will the Chase Brown rushing streak end? And we said, oh, certainly it's not going to happen these three games. And it did. did I already tell the Scooter story? Did we tell that Scooter Heisman story? No, we can tell. Yeah, go ahead. Chase Brown, uh, he, he and Sydney rented scooters, you know, whatever. Like he, I think he scanned, I don't know, these kids. Mm -hmm. The kids, they, they get around in so many ways. They had like, these scooters you rent and you just leave places. And Chase Brown's riding around and people are going, Heis like starting like a Heisman chant or yelling Heisman at him. Can you just think about like what that would be like to even if, you know, it, it is a long shot, right? But that, like you got a kid who, who dreamed about this, who's now suddenly riding around. Like that is the exact, like in a movie, yeah. that's the scene when, when people are doing it. And Chase Brown is living that life. Uh, Jeremy, I know this is about Illinois football, but how Illinois basketball had a bunch of recruits on campus today. I'll tell you, women's basketball has had recruits on campus the last couple of days. Track had some monster recruits. Like Petros is doing work on the recruiting trail, got them to campus today. It helps everybody. It's why I say, like, I know everybody cares most about basketball. I understand the history. When your football program is doing good and you have these kind of crowds, 45,000, 
I think you're going to continue to see more than that as, as the season goes along. I think your season ticket base is going to go way up next year. So I think uh, season attendance is going to go way up next year. But it helps everybody, not only revenue-wise, but just atmosphere and just a feeling, Joey, because football, even more so than basketball, until you get to the tournament, football has such that front porch mentality of a university because everyone's watching college football uh, on Saturdays. And now that Illinois is being ranked, they're on some big networks, all of this stuff, everybody eats when, when football is doing well. It's the most important thing in college athletics is, is football. And I will say, you mentioned the crowd. I thought the crowd was good today. And, again, I'm with you. I think the season ticket numbers are going to go up, which is going to ultimately impact. It sounds like the obvious, but like the day, the week-to-week attendance. Cause you're, and I know you, uh, I think it was Josh, quoted it in, in Minneapolis. You don't have to worry about moving 35,000 tickets a week if your season ticket base is higher. Like That's what it all comes down to is, is getting that base higher. Uh, was all about today. He went out. Uh, Chase Hayden came in and had a couple good carries, especially one. Uh, towards the end. McGray coming back is going to be huge for Chase and the red zone offense. Yeah, I, ju- I just think having another guy you can trust, Joey, to be the num- a number one running back to give you a whole drive. They take Chase out a couple plays each drive, and you feel like that's when they could stall out as I think uh, Jay Lamb calls it the alumni zone, the 40 to 40. Um, that's, that's where you could really use having a Josh McCray can come in or to keep Chase in the game knowing that the next drive you can go to Josh McCray. That being said, Brett Bielma knows darn well what, is, what the buzz that Chase Brown gets. Yeah. Like, I don't expect his, his statistical output's going to be impacted. It has to be by Josh McCray. But I don't expect the streak to end. I don't expect that to happen because this is it's a pretty good pitch and, and some buzz for Bielma. Uh, the team is better than the Sugar and Rose Bowl teams at this stage of the season. I, will, I didn't watch enough of the Sugar Bowl team, but the Rose Bowl team, the high-end talent of that team was just, especially offensively with Richard Mendenhall and, and Regis Ben. I know Chase is having a better statistical year, but Richard was just different, built different, and Regis Ben is a bit different. But, yeah, man, like they have the capability. I don't know, Joey. Have you looked up the bowl games is the Rose Bowl part of the college football playoff? Because I'd have to look, yeah. if Ohio State and Michigan both made it there, Illinois could be in the conversation. Or if you beat Michigan and you're 11-1, um, yeah, the next highest bowl game or the highest bowl game for the Big Ten would be there for the taking. So pretty, pretty impressive. 2022-23 Fiesta Peach and then the championship game. So Rose Bowl is on the table. There you go. Rose Bowl is on the table. John Moore, how do they get Luke Ford more involved? Why? You're 6-1. and one. He's, he's a fine blocker. Yeah, he, he's doing. I do think collectively, I, I there's probably more to get out of the tight ends in the passing game, and it, it's the same thing we talked about earlier. I, I get it. Like yeah. if you, you're, we're picking at small things now versus uh, well, the offense can't do anything. Luke is a part. He's he's he a, a, he's, a, he's a blocker. This is not a dynamic tight end room when it comes to receiving. And it brought I brought up the, I saw somebody uh, send us in on the chat line here, but I brought somebody from Illinois brought it up to me unprovoked Joey just a couple minutes ago what do you think Daniel Barker's thinking right now I mean Michigan State is terrible he's got 11 receptions which isn't that much more than Michael Marquise at this point Daniel Barker Illinois could really use you talk about red zone you talk about a big athletic target they don't have somebody in the tight end room as dynamic as him so that was I thought him and Deuce Span were the two guys you lost that you could really really use deuce with his long speed they don't have that guy right now on the team or they're just too young like ashton hollands uh and and emp are just too young too skinny at this point but daniel barker and deuce span were the two guys that if they were part of this offense i think they could be one of the best in in the big 10 because that's what you're missing 
is that dynamic red zone tight end. Uh, because I thought they had a great play call for Luke Ford. It just wasn't executed. Uh, but to have that guy, I think, would be really good. Yeah, I'm with you. Deuce Span at Florida State, he's got, in five games, eight touches for 70 yards. And look, on the other side, I understand yeah. where they were in the offense last year and who, you know, clearly didn't seem like there was a lot of trust in the offensive coordinator. It just is something that didn't, just necessarily didn't age very well. Yeah. Uh, Alex asked, asked you guys this after Chattanooga, and the answer was eight. Now after this incredible stretch, what do you think the ceiling for wins is in this team? Regular season? Get Alex a credential, yes. Eleven? Can they win out? I mean, Michigan's going to be really hard. I mean, they'll probably – I, I, I just say at this point, like, they should be favored against everybody except Michigan. And can you go into Michigan and win? I have high doubts. I'd say, you know, I just think Michigan's another level of team. So I would most comfortably say ten. But if they get to Michigan – with only one loss, who knows, man? Give yourself a chance. But I, th- I think my expectation at this point is 10. <laughs> 10 and 2. Like, my expectation is 10. For that. Northwestern is terrible. Michigan State's bad. Nebraska, you're better than. Uh, and Purdue, I just think you're a more well-rounded team. Am I missing anybody? No. And then Michigan, I think Michigan's a better team overall, more talented. I think you'll have a chance to win that game. you gotta, you got to have your best game against Michigan. Yeah, I think I- – I struggle to get to 11. Yeah. Uh, a 10 is where I'm at. But you know what, though? A Nine. 10. <laughs> oh, God, it's so embarrassing. Nine, nine feels right because teams trip. Teams trip against yeah. – I, I mean, like – Nebraska. To me, eight has moved to the floor, and yeah. 10 is probably the ceiling. And you can make a very reasonable argument that nine's the floor. But the floor is up to eight, I think. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. This team's got a hell of a coaching – it's just a hell of a coaching staff. Like, that's why I, I picked this team to go to a bowl, because despite losing what they lost, the experience, the unknowns of everything, it's, it's just by far the best coaching staff I've ever covered. Just everything is so organized. It's well planned out. Brett Bielma's was a great CEO. I think Barry Lonnie's a good Power 5 offense coordinator, and Ryan Walters is one of the best in the country. And we give those guys a lot of credit, but I also think Kevin Kane is great at what he does. Terrence Jameson Listen, I know the recruiting thing needs to be better other than defensive line, but what he's getting out of these talented guys is next level. Uh, Andy Boo, Aaron Henry, right? Like Bart Miller with the offensive line. That's a lot of new pieces to have a really good Big Ten offensive line. Corey Patterson with the running. Like Chase Brown has really improved as a running back, and I think George McDonald is really showing how valuable he can be because all these guys have taken huge steps forward. Yeah, we thought this was a good staff when Brett put it together. Our one question turned out to also be the one question. And then you've replaced uh, him with, with Barry Lonnie. Yeah, man, this is, this is a really impressive a really impressive staff. Yeah. Uh, hats off to Josh Whitman, Ed said. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's on a heater right now. So. He is, and I think the most important thing, and I think you're going to see this come tenfold in the offseason, he knows – that this makes money, and we said it about something else earlier, you got to spend money to make money, and this dude's spending money, and he gave Brett money to put a good staff together, and I think he's going to put his best foot forward in helping Brett retain that staff. Hello, Ryan Walters. Yeah, and this will help him with eventually the Memorial Stadium renovation, which is the, the next big thing on, on his uh, facilities docket, uh, probably potentially with, with Huff Hall. Uh, we're going to get out of here. We appreciate you guys. Uh, for, for listening, for watching live on YouTube. It's been a fun interaction with you guys. So if you're listening to this on the playback, on, on the podcast, appreciate you guys too, but join us for these post-game podcasts. It's been a lot of fun uh, doing this. Um, 
So anything else, Joey, you want to leave people with? Oh, could Ryan Walters leave before the end of the season? No. No, no and I think uh, unless Colorado hires him, I, I think Illinois has got a good chance to, to keep him as long as they pay him. And I, I expect, as you said, Joey, Josh Whitman will continue to do that. Yeah, and Ryan, look, Ryan Walters, th- this dude's not going to bail on these guys before the end of the season or anything like that. Like, for as much as Illinois invested in him, he's invested quite a bit back. And, I, you know, just – your breath he'll be around i get the question i mean he's going to be interviewed for colorado otherwise i would say that's a failure on the end of colorado and and i don't know if he'd turn it down but from what i understand like bronco mendenhall understandably should be the go-to candidate there for for most of the boosters uh but but some of the things brett said when we asked him about it was you know sometimes you take gotta take the right job wait for the right environment and i wonder in the pac-12 with how bad colorado is with rick george this probably being his last hire don't know if it's the best fit because Ryan Walters now can get picky. He can get really picky, and he deserves it, man, because what he's doing this season, what he's done the last two seasons, is just pretty epic. He can be picky because he's paid, and he's about to get really, really, really paid. That's right. Thank you for listening to the Online Enquirer podcast. Uh, follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Appreciate you guys all support. I'm going to write about Chase Brown. Joey's going to write about Tommy DeVito and Isaiah Williams. I think he's going to write about Gabe Ackes at some point. Uh, I will also write about what these three games meant in the Big Ten West title race. That's what we're talking about with this team right now. Can they get to the Big Ten championship over the last five games? It's been a lot of fun to cover. We get an off week. Take our breath. Focus on basketball preseason as they get ready. We'll have plenty of basketball content at the site as well. Plenty of recruiting stuff coming up, so sign up for the VIP. Go VIP for just $1 for your first month if you haven't signed up already. Everybody take care of each other. Have a great day. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Online Enquirer podcast. Bye, everybody.